You're listening to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I'm a wife, mother of three, and the creator of the blog, Winging It on the Homestead, where I help modern mothers incorporate simple living and self-sufficiency skills and knowledge into their busy lives. My goal is to help you refocus your life towards what really matters, your family, as well as boost your confidence so you can start being more self-reliant and decrease your dependence on stores and commercial products. Join me as I share with you my appreciation for creating a homemade and homegrown life through gardening, food preservation, cooking from scratch, making your own products, all while keeping it all practical, intentional, and realistic. Hi guys, welcome back to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. Today, I am speaking with Cheryl from Heal, Nourish, Grow, all about the amazing benefits of real food, how to make a successful life change, whether that's in your eating habits or your just living habits. And so I'm so excited to have her here because she's an expert in all of that. So thank you so much, Cheryl, for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. I appreciate it. So why don't you just jump right in and can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, much like my uh, website, Heal, Nourish, Grow, that's kind of explains what I'm all about. And yeah. um, what's what relevant to your audience is more the grow part, probably, because it's both uh, literal and figurative. It's been a yeah. big part of my life. Um, but what I do now is health and wellness coaching, and I run the website where I share all kinds of uh, health and wellness articles, stuff about nutrition, which I am very focused on low carb keto nutrition. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for that, that we might get into eventually. Um, But yeah, so on a day-to-day basis, I just focus on those things and do my very best to get a little better in one or all of those categories every day. That's awesome. I really like, I like your, um, the heal nourish grow, because I think that those, um, healing and nourishing, it's all obviously great benefits of real food and growing your own food and just all those good things that come from doing things yourself with your hands and, you know, being more in tuned and aware of like what you're actually consuming. Yeah. So, um, you had mentioned keto. Um, now I don't cover a lot of keto in my recipes or anything, so I'm not sure that I'm not even that aware of actually what keto is. So could you explain what that is for my audience and for me? For sure. (laughs) For you and for everybody. Yes. (laughs) Um, So yeah, if you're not familiar with it, it's just a extremely low carb version of eating. And basically the reason that why people want to do that is so that you can get into a metabolic state called ketosis. That's why it's the word keto for short. Uh, But the metabolic state of ketosis offers you a few advantages. So instead of using sugar for fuel, which is what we all typically have known and grown up with, if you have plenty of carbohydrates in your body, your body is going to use uh, glucose and then the storage form glycogen um, for fuel. However, if you shift into this very low carb way of eating, your body will shift into this metabolic state called ketosis. And in ketosis, there are a few metabolic advantages. So your body will start using ketones for fuel instead of glucose. And the way that your body makes ketones, your liver actually makes them, it makes them from fat. So you become a fat burner instead of a sugar burner. And so just that um, in and of itself tells you something about it, which why people are tend to be interested in it. Uh, But it offers a, a whole lot of other benefits. Like, uh, for a lot of people, brain fog goes away. You get a lot of mental clarity. Um, 
for the first time in people's lives, they actually like, quote unquote, forget to eat, <laughs> which is unusual for a lot of people. Cause a lot of people are used to having that like hangry monster on their shoulder. Like I know I was like that for years, um, but you know, eating in this way, very low carb, it really balances your blood sugar. And so when your blood sugar is balanced, you lose those big hunger surges. Cause when you eat something that's like a high glucose or high sugar, high carb meal, uh, mm. your blood sugar will spike. And it's really not until it starts to come down and starts to crash. And that's where people start to feel that like really hangry monster, like, oh, I need to eat again or feel lightheaded, that kind of stuff. That's when that big crash is coming down. So it's pretty interesting. It definitely offers uh, a lot of advantages. There's also this um, one piece of research out there that shows that it may actually burn up to 300 extra calories a day, uh, probably from this kind of uh, wasting energy kind of metabolic process that's happening. So there's a few reasons why people do it. Uh, a lot of people come to it for weight loss and that's typically what I'm working with people on, but it does offer a lot of good advantages, but I'm very focused. People can do it a whole lot of different ways. I think what's, you know, probably relevant to your audience and what you do is that I'm very focused on a whole foods version of keto. I don't like a lot of the junk. I always tell people if they just eat whole foods, they'll be so much better off, even if you don't go super low carb. So I think that's where we yeah. really um, have a whole lot in common. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So is it really like just eliminating sugar, you'd say is a big part of it? Well, that um, is a huge part of it. Um, yeah. But it's not just sugar, because for most people, if you just, for most people, if you just eliminated added sugar, you'd be far better off. And that's where a lot of people start out. Uh, so they'll do a version uh, that people have probably heard of as well called paleo and paleo is just basically just eating all whole foods. No, not a lot of added sugar, although they still allow like coconut sugar and some other things, but they cut out like a lot of the processed food kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but really to get into the metabolic state of ketosis, you have to go to a level of carbs that's about 25 or under a day for most people. So it depends on your size. It depends on your muscle mass. It depends on your activity level. But for most people with kind of a quote unquote normal lifestyle, not super active or anything, 25 carbs or less is what's going to put you into ketosis. So that cuts out not only added sugar, but also things like potatoes and sweet potatoes and, you know, other carby vegetables. Those really probably wouldn't allow you to get into that metabolic state. Gotcha. Okay. So then what foods do you mostly consume then when you're on a, a keto diet? So me personally, I've experimented with, there's even a kind of more extreme version of uh, that yeah. called carnivore, which people might've also heard of before. Um, and that's really just eating animal foods. Um, but for me, I, it depends on the day. I, I definitely stick to a lot of animal foods and then I'll eat, you know, low carb vegetables like cauliflower, broccoli on occasion, um, you know, leafy greens, uh, zucchini, any kind of low carb vegetable still fits in. And, uh, that's really about it. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, yeah. So and I, I noticed you have a lot of recipes on your website, right? So you have yeah. a lot of keto, um, recipes, they all look so good. So I'll have to check out more of that because we do a lot of, um, like you said, whole food stuff, but without, much more intention than that. So I'd really like to look at to how I can, yeah, get rid of the sugar and do some of those more intentional, like actually more, maybe even more scientific if you want to put it that way in, in eating. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. And I think for most people, 
they tend to overcomplicate it. Um, but I think from where you're coming from already on a very whole foods based thing, that kind of transition would not be nearly as difficult yeah. for you as somebody who's more like eating a lot of packaged things or, you know, things on the inner aisles of the grocery store. Right. How would you say keto has benefited you or your family or anyone else that you've, um, that pretty much have eaten this way? Oh my gosh. So many things. Um, <laughs> I'll start with myself because that's who I'm most familiar with. Yeah. Uh, but when I first came to it, I actually found fasting and keto because of a health crisis in my family. My dad was diagnosed with cancer for a second time, a different kind of cancer. And um, it started, and I had some of my own health problems as well. And it started making me, to use your words, get more intentional about nutrition and try to figure out if there were things that I should be doing or practices that I could implement that might help me avoid my dad's future of cancer. Um, and since then, you know, there's a lot of cancer in our whole family, a lot of first degree relatives. So that is really when I started, you know, doing some research, came across fasting for more than, um, I had been familiar with it in the past because I've been a long time yoga person. And in that community, we do it for like, we do cleanses or we do, you know, like mm -hmm. just more like spiritual discipline sort of thing type right. fast. But this was more fasting uh, for something called autophagy which is basically your body's cellular cleanup mechanism. Um, and the Nobel Prize was awarded for that in 2016. And that's when I had came across that article right around the same time when my dad was going through all of this again. And, and that also led me to keto. So I started doing both. But um, what had benefited me at the time, like I had been traveling all the, over the world producing events um, in the tech sector. And I was extremely stressed in my job, pretty unhappy, was going through a divorce. Um, so a lot of things happening stress-wise and I had put on some weight. And for most of my life, I mean, like anybody, I had gained a little bit of weight here and there, but I'd always taken it back off. And I was always very focused on it, to be fair. It's not like I didn't work on it. I was, you know, exercising a lot. And I was a runner for 17 years and did all the things, you know, yeah. <laughs> eat less, move more, all that, right? Um, but I had, you know, been very stressed and was putting on weight and I was really, I was struggling to try to get it back off again. And, um, so I definitely had lost the like 25, 30 pounds that I had put on during that time frame, And I just started feeling a whole lot better. And I felt, and I felt like I was just like living again. My brain felt lit up. I had so much more energy. So lots of those kind of things. And then, you know, from people from store, I hear some from somebody every day, different things. And probably the biggest thing is that people don't know this. Most doctors won't talk about it, but you can actually reverse diabetes just with your diet. And it doesn't even take that long. Like for some yeah. people, just literally weeks, especially if you're only pre-diabetic. Um, you know, some people would rather just pop a pill or pay for expensive insulin, but you don't need to do that. If you have type two diabetes, if you take nothing else away when you hear this today, if you know anybody in your life that has prediabetes or diabetes, which is probably between those two groups, that's probably about 75% of the people that you know. Whether they know it or not is a different story. Right. Um, but if you take nothing else away, like you can literally get that back under control just with your diet if you're willing to do that. So, mm -hmm. and I hear from those people every day that they've reversed mm -hmm. their diabetes, that they feel so much better, that they've lost weight that they can think again, all of those kind of things. It's just like, it's really quite amazing. And I just feel so blessed to like be a part of it that I'm offering, you know, anything that somebody happens to hear and then it helps them, you know, it's, it's yeah. really, really exciting. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, and I think that is empowering because when you look at it, it's like you, 
you have the control of what you consume, you know, and to be able to have those kinds of healing powers, you know, just by eating is, it's really amazing. Yeah, it really is. So, uh, like I said before, I really love your blog. I've been perusing it. We've been like, we, we cook so much from, um, from scratch, like 90% of the time, not all or nothing, but you know, um, <laughs> but I'm getting like tired of the food that I make. So when I saw your blog, I was like, wow, these, these recipes are like new and fresh. I also noticed that you, um, talk a little bit about gardening in some of your blog posts. Do you do gardening? Do you have, um, like what, what is your gardening experience? My gardening situation. I grew up a, okay. on a farm in Louisiana, a uh, 50 acre farm. So like a legit. Oh, wow. And yeah. so when I was a little girl, I would go out with my dad and um, we had a huge orchard, probably about 30 fruit trees and a wow. strawberry patch, which was my favorite. I could often be found there, you know, like <laughs> sure. my little diaper with strawberries all over my face yeah. and whatever. This is like a different time when parents, like you could be off somewhere on the farm and my my parents yeah. were like, oh, well, they're fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we had like an acre uh, garden, rows of corn, uh, squash. I mean, just everything. Corn. Yeah. Uh, my mom did tons of canning because they we were pretty poor. And so they, you know, really took it to heart. To They had this wonderful piece of land and like grew a lot of the stuff that we ate. And then we had cattle and pigs as well. In fact, one of my funny... Um, memories that I, I was probably four or five, but my dad and mom woke us up in the middle of the night and we had to go down to the hog barn because one of the sows was having babies. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we were down there watching this whole process as really young kids, which was kind of cool. Yeah. But um, the sad part of it, and I do still remember this, and I don't even know if I should say this, but I'll just like make it quick. But like a couple of the, the pig babies were stillborn and my dad was just like throwing them in the feed bags. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, that's life on the farm though, right? Yes, so, um, been an adult. Anytime I had any soil, I've always been growing something. My house, I actually have a whole entire plant room in my house that's like full of all kinds of different plants. And then, um, you know, whenever I've had, I've had some raised beds in the past at one of my old houses. Now, when we got to this house, there was nowhere I could do, I got like a giant raised bed. We filled it all with soil, all this. Um, and the first year I did it, it was pretty great. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and I kind of had like, I don't know, pandemic depression or something where it was almost yeah. the opposite. Like I didn't want to go work in the garden. I don't know if that if yeah. anybody else has felt like that, but it was just like, I was, I was totally unmotivated and I kind of haven't yeah. gotten my mojo back yet. <laughs> so my little garden is just sitting back there. Maybe I'll, maybe this will motivate me to put yeah. some, at least a couple of tomato plants or something. This oh, summer, definitely. I <laughs> really haven't done it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that a lot of people have felt that way as well. But I do think that there is like right now, like a revival, like to people getting back to growing their own food, canning, yeah. not only just for like food security, but also just knowing what they eat and um, having control on their own food. So, you know, obviously better than anyone growing up on a farm, how important all that is. So that sounds beautiful. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about, um, you know, in terms of getting it started or not again, because mm -hmm. you probably experienced the same, I don't know what part of the country you're in. I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio, but you know, mm -hmm. in the early parts of the pandemic, of course the toilet paper was a whole other situation, right. but there were plenty of times just going into the regular grocery store mm -hmm. where, you know, a lot of things that you would typically get would be missing. And so I yeah. think, you know, whenever people can have a little, even if just a, a couple pots or something, have something mm -hmm. that you enjoy, you know, eating that you've grown yeah. is, is always nice. And it, 
does give you like just I don't know a little bit of security even though it's probably not enough to really make a difference yeah. if our grocery stores really have an issue right and we're in Maryland so we're not you know too far climate wise we're pretty much the same but I think that or even just knowing that you have the ability to grow something if if need be or you know if there is a necess- necessary uh, event that you need to really uh, take things into your own hands. So yeah, I think the pandemic uh, taught us a lot of different things about ourselves. That's so. for sure. That's yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, we, you were talking about keto and, you know, I talked a lot with my audience about homesteading or implementing a more simpler lifestyle. So kind of about like changing, shifting your lifestyle, pivoting um, in the way that we eat or our behaviors or our, our things that we choose to put our energy into. So in your coaching experience, what are some of the guidance and tips that you have for someone trying to change their lifestyle uh, and become more healthy? My biggest one, and mm. it's the same across the board. And I have some videos on my YouTube channel that talk more about how to create good habits and, and things that you yeah. need to do to create habits. Okay. But I would say the first thing I always tell people is don't try to do too much at once, because change too many things at once. Because <clears throat> what tends to happen and my background is in psychology. So this is where I kind of use that all the time, yeah. <laughs> which it seems like sometimes people are like, what do you use a psychology degree for? Right? But yeah. um, it actually comes in handy because you start to understand, you know, especially now, I think after the pandemic, I think people are having this really strong sense of overwhelm, even when nothing is overtly happening. It's just like this low level stress that's kind of in the background all the time. And like you said, hopefully that's starting to mitigate somewhat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say the biggest thing is just start small. So if you're going to do something like, say you wanted to try keto, for example, and I have lots of getting started with keto okay. uh, things at my website, but the thing that it is, it's all just about starting slow. So for example, if you drink soda, for example, just start, just start by cutting that out and do that for a week. And then, you know, maybe the next week you uh, cut out pasta, you know, and so it's, it's like a more slow progression into this lifestyle instead of going okay, I'm going to start working out every day and I'm going to eat keto. I'm going to eat under 20 cards and then I'm going to meditate and I'm going to go plant my garden and I'm going to, you know, <laughs> work yeah. in the yard for an hour every day. You know, it's too much. Mm-hmm. So just, I would say start small. That's my biggest tip for any kind of habit change, whether it's eating, whether it's exercising. I mean, literally when I was a runner, my biggest psychological trip trick was that I would just, okay, if I didn't really want to do it, that I'd be like, okay, that's fine. You don't have to do it, but you're going to put your clothes on, you're going to put your shoes on, and you're just going to go walk outside for five or 10 minutes. And then if you really don't want to, you can be done. And right. so I'd make that little deal with myself. And it's amazing, like after 17 years of doing that, I would still make, I would still make that deal with myself. Yeah. But what the, what happens is you get out there, you're like, okay, well, now I'm already out here. And then you do your thing. And then, yeah. you know. <laughs> you gone with your life. <laughs> so. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes it more achievable. Yeah, because I know I, I do that too. I tend to rebel, especially when I set goals. I mean, it's just how I, I just know that about myself. So I have to try and find hey, ways. Tricking, to trick tricking and bargaining yourself is a totally good strategy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, so let me think smart. All right. So, yeah. So that would be the first thing would be to start slow. Awesome. Um, okay. So you have a book coming out. Is that right? Um, yes. Can you tell us Actually, a little bit about I have that? two. I'm not okay. allowed to talk about the second one yet. Okay. But it's, fingers, fingers crossed. If all is yeah. well, it's out in July. Um, oh, cool. I'm kind of like 
under a zip agreement okay. for that for the moment. <laughs> but the other one, I don't have the full printed copy yet, but you can kind of just see the cover here. Yeah. And of course it's in reverse and nobody can see this because we're not on video in their it's lives, okay. we're on audio. So I will tell you what it says. It's yes. <laughs> 21 day, you got to see it though. Um, 21 day it. fat beautiful. loss kickstart. Yeah. Make keto easy, take diet breaks and still lose weight. So that kind of tells you, yeah. sums it up right there. <laughs> yep. Awesome. I'll, I'll make sure I link everything so you guys can check that out. Um, now, is that out now or is there a pre-order on that or how's that working? Uh, pre-order, uh, today's April 19th when we're recording yes. this. It's, yeah. It'll be pre-order this week. And then uh, probably, I mean, it'll definitely be up for pre-order by the time your listeners hear this. And yeah. it should be live, ready to order on May 11th. That's exciting. Well, congrats yeah, on that. Fun. Thank you. Uh, if you guys are interested in keto or really any kind of inspiring lifestyle change tip, you know, inspiration, motivation, definitely check out Cheryl at Heal Nourish Grow. She's got a podcast as well. Is that right? Yes. And actually Stephanie's going to be on with me sometime yeah. in the near future, whenever yeah, I start we'll, recording again, because we'll of all the book up. stuff, things have been a bit on hold, but <laughs> yeah. no, I can't wait to share, um, some of your like homesteading and, you know, more natural lifestyle tips with my yeah. audience, because I think oh, there's be a fun. lot of overlap. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Uh, so yeah, check out her uh, podcast and her blog and I'll link for her book. So check that out as well. I think I got, I got everything, but is there anywhere else that my audience can find you? I think you hit it all, but I mean, I'm here literally any social channel anywhere. I'm okay. nourish grow. So that's about it. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And yeah. um, I hope everyone checks you out. Thanks thank you for listening to this episode of the simple living made simple podcast. I have a brand new guide out that is just perfect for this time of year. The Ultimate Fruit and Vegetable Seasonal Guide is now available and you can grab it for free at www.savemyveggies.com. If you are like me, you have thrown away produce that you just never got a chance to use. I used to do this all the time. Especially this time of year, as my harvest starts coming in, it can be difficult to properly store everything and make sure I either preserve it in time or use it up. That's why I created this guide. This guide has everything you need to stop wasting fruits and vegetables that you either grow yourself or purchase at the store. Learn how to properly store 25 plus fruits and vegetables to help them stay fresher longer. This guide also includes a month by month seasonal timeline so you know when to stock up on inexpensive and high quality fruits and vegetables to save you time and money. Again, you can grab that free guide at www.savemyveggies.com. As always, if you have any questions, want gardening advice, or have a topic suggestion for the podcast, please email me at info at wingingitonthehomestead.com.